Welcome to Kingdom Consciousness. Today we are talking about what God wills for you. In Ephesians, the first chapter, starting at verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So we know that we lack nothing. We don't fall short of anything. We don't come up uh, shortchanged in anything because God has already provided it. Now, this is what blows the mind. It says, according as he have chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. In other words, it was already a done deal that God had everything lined up for us that he wanted us to have before we were even a twinkle in the eye, before we were even conceived, planted in the womb, before we were even born, God already had chosen us to be in him, to be in Christ, as Christ prayed in John 17, keep those in thine own name whom thou hast given me, that they may be one even as we are one. He had already worked that out before he laid the foundation of the world. He had already thought about us. So when you think about that, how can we be anxious about anything when we know that God has already planned it out? People are upset about the environment. People are upset about so-called overpopulation. People are upset about so many things, but they don't give God credit or don't believe as Abraham did, that God will do what he says, that God is able to do what he says, that God took time to plan and to think things out. When God did what he did, he didn't do it haphazardly. He did it with uh, planning. He did it with meticulousness. And therefore, he's not like man where man plans things and then they fall apart and man gets disappointed. Not so with God. So he has chosen us. And remember the word of God says in John 15, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you that you should go forth and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. We were chosen before the foundation of the world. It says that we should be holy and he wouldn't have told us to do something that we couldn't do because he gave us the example in Christ of holiness. He who knew no sin became sin for us, but never committed a sin. Okay? And without blame, without spot, without wrinkle, without condemnation, because we are covered in the blood, we are the righteousness of Christ. It says, without blame, before him in love, and. Eh. All right, this is the key. He predestined us to love. That's God's will. That's God's purpose. In Ephesians 1, 9, the word of God says, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. What is the mystery of his will? Everything is caught up in Christ. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning thing. Everything is tied up in Christ. The, his will is in Christ. His will is in his word. And it says he has made it known to us. 
So because he has made it known to us, we don't have to look for it. We don't have to wonder about it. We don't have to question. As long as we are beneath the shadow of his wings, as long as we abide in him and abide in his counsel and stand with him and commune with him, then we will know what that will is. We have to study to show ourselves approved as workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. His will has been made known to us and his will is summed up in his son and his son is summed up in love for God is love and God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then in the commandments he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Down the road, Jesus says, the commandments are summed up in two. And that's what it is. And then he tells us that to love as I have loved you. That's the highest standard of all. And what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not seek its own. Love seeks the other person's good. Love does not vaunt itself. In other words, it's not proud. It's not puffed up. Love um, does not relish or revel in another person's sufferings. Love is the epitome of selflessness and the elevation of others, caring for others, providing for others, as Christ did when he died on the cross, and then turned around and said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. So it says, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. Why? Because he has purposed everything in himself and therefore it cannot fail. He is the logos. He is the word of God and his word shall not return void, but accomplish that which he sent it to do. That's why in the end he said, it is finished. I have done that which you have told me to do. I've accomplished that which you have sent me to do. All we have to learn to do is to love one another and we will stay in the will of God. We will know the will of God because love will direct us in the will of God. And when we falter in that will, love will put us back on track. Why? How? Because he said he would leave us another comforter, even the Holy Spirit, who will lead and guide us into all truth. Jesus Christ is what? The way, the truth. Huh? So if we're in truth, we're in Jesus. If we're in love, we're in Jesus. If we're in the will of God, we're in Jesus. If we're in the mysteries, we're, we're in Jesus. Everything is in Jesus. So all we need to know is that God mapped this thing out before the foundation of the world. And all we have to do is follow his GPS, God's purpose signal. God's GPS, his purpose signal. And his purpose signal is love. 
and it's tied up in his only begotten son, our Lord and Savior, joint heir and foundation, our rock, love. God bless you. Praise God and good morning. The last time we were together um, on Facebook, we talked about number 17. We talked about the budding of Aaron's rod and how it was placed before the testimony of God. And we know that the testimony is the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, according to the word of God. But what I want you to understand is that the same place where Aaron's rod was, where the pot of manna was, where the tablets of stone are, at the ark, at the mercy seat, encased in the ark, is the same place where Jesus told Mary, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to your God and my God. He had to deliver his blood to seal the things that God had provided for us. He had to deliver his blood to cover the things that God had provided for us. He had to deliver his blood to cover us, the redemption of our lives, our minds, our bodies, our souls, and our spirit, so that the enemy, or as we say, the world can't do us any harm. The word of God says that we are in the world, but not of the world. But I wanna take you a step further into the supernatural aspect of the three components that were in the ark. First of all, there was Aaron's rod and Aaron's rod budded, blossomed and produced fruit overnight. This is God's productivity. This is God's blessing. This is God's miraculous power. This is God's ability to accelerate in your life. This is God saying one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. That there is nothing that is lost, that there is nothing that is forsaken. There is nothing that you need to regret because God is able to bring it all back to the forefront and to restore that, which the palmer worm, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the locust have eaten. And you don't have to be anxious and say, I've wasted time, I've lost time. Because the word of God says, with long life will I satisfy thee and show thee my salvation. So that we don't need to be anxious about anything. Because Aaron's rod shows us God's ability to creatively perform what needs to be done in our life so that the things that the devourer thought he swallowed, that he thought he took from you, are not permanently lost. Secondly, in the ark was the pot of manna. That manna being the bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's our provision. And God stored it up in a gold pot to let him know that he valued it. 
but also to let us know, as the word says, we have this treasure. It used to be in an earthen vessel, but now the treasure of Christ in us, the hope of glory, is in a redeemed vessel. We are, hallelujah, the containers of the presence of God. We have the spirit of God flowing from within us and we lack nothing. God will give us our daily bread. In fact, our daily bread is within us. We need to learn to seek him the reason why. The manna was only provided on a daily basis and they could not store it up was because God was trying to teach them to have a daily relationship with him, to seek him daily, to be diligent about seeking him and he would reward them. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is the true bread that came down from heaven and we have him daily, early, morning by morning we seek him. He opens our ears to hear as the learned and our tongues are the pens of ready writers, hallelujah, so that we don't do without, hallelujah. We don't just have the crumbs that fall from the table. We have the true bread, the living bread. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, hallelujah. And he's able to give it to the full and to have some left over. In the Old Testament, they could not gather it. But in the New Testament, twice, once with 4,000 and once with 5,000, they gathered the fragments of the bread and of the fish that was left over. He is a God of abundance. There's no need for lack in your life if you learn to lean and depend on God. And then finally, in the ark were the tablets of stone, the commandments of God, the instructions of God, the direction of God, the love of God. Because when you look at the commandments, each one of them leads us back not only to loving God, but loving our neighbor and loving ourselves, doing right by God, doing right by our neighbors, and doing right by ourselves because we are not our own. Know ye not that our bodies are the temple of Christ. We are to glorify God in our bodies. Bobby Brown was wrong. It's not our prerogative. As Paul said, in him we live, we move, we have our being. Hallelujah. He says, the life that I now live, I no longer live unto myself, but I live unto Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So in this ark where the testimony was, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ from his birth to his death to his resurrection, and now the lo, I am with you always, the Lord working with us, confirming the words with signs following, and this is productivity and multiplication, acceleration, the ability, creative force of God. In it is the provision of God, so you will never ever lack any good thing because he has given us everything that pertains to life. Hallelujah, Jesus. And then there is God's proclamation in the tablets of stone. 
that he has loved us with an everlasting love and with loving kindness he has drawn us out and that he will take away the stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. The heart is what needs to be circumcised, not our, our private parts, but our heart, the one that pumps the blood, the sacred blood through our veins, the blood that is the DNA of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are blessed. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. May you have an awesome week. I love you with the love of the Lord.